Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. It is difficult for us to imagine Jesus saying such a thing. First of all, because he says it to a vulnerable woman who is genuinely seeking some help and some mercy. But second, the children he is referring to are the, God, are the children of Israel, the Jews. And the dogs he is referring to are the Gentiles. If this story troubles you, my answer may help you, but my answer is complicated. This story is not so much about Jesus as it is about the church in which this gospel, Matthew's gospel, was first written and was first read. The first Christians struggled and debated about the extent to which Christianity was a Jewish religion and the extent to which it was a new religion. In our second lesson today, from Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul is trying to explain how Judaism and Christianity related to each other. This was a big deal to the people who wrote the New Testament. And to those of us who are reading it two millennia later, it is not such a big deal and hard for us to understand. And so, if this story troubles you, my explanation for you is that whatever happened between Jesus and this woman took place more than 40 years before the Gospel of Matthew was written down. And that this story has been distorted or at least embellished in such a way that it reflects more about the church than it does about what happened. As I said, my explanation is complicated because I have the education and the ability and the audacity to identify the biases of the writers. But most of us have been taught that the Bible is kind of a video camera, recording everything perfectly as it happens, instead of being an oral tradition written down decades or in some cases hundreds of years after the events that it describes. If you read this gospel story as literal history, which is fair, but is not the way I do it, if you take it literally as fact, then the story leads you to the conclusion that Jesus thought his mission and his purpose was to save the Jews. Jesus himself thought that he was a Jewish Messiah sent to a Jewish people and that non-Jews were dogs. And, this, and if you read this literally, you conclude that this woman and other people he met slowly changed his mind. The notion that Jesus started out to do one thing and ended up doing something different does not rest well with whom I want Jesus to be. I want Jesus to be the perfect son of God, and my perfect son of God doesn't have a plan B in case plan A doesn't work out. 
But maybe being the perfect son of God means changing your mind. In any event, much of the New Testament, including Romans, struggles with this concept of what it means that Jesus was a Jew who became a savior eventually for Gentiles. Maybe he did change his mind. For my part, I like the way John puts it in his gospel, the fourth gospel, which is a little more abstract. He, Jesus, came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. That's the conclusion John came to. It's good enough for me. Our gospel today may appeal to wives who may be pleased that a woman really can change a man's mind. And that if this woman could change the Lord's mind, then there may be hope that she can get her husband to put his dirty clothes in the, camp, in the hamper. Now, our first reading from Isaiah is likewise about God expanding his operation, expanding his operation from Jews to Gentiles. Now, you may have noticed that the reading includes verse 1, but then skips verses 2, 3, 4, and 5, and then picks up verses 6, 7, and 8. Now, you've been cheated by the omission of those verses. You've especially been cheated if you are an eighth grade boy. I just spent some time in Texas with my nephews who are in seventh, ninth, and tenth grades, and their minds are a complete cesspool of jokes about anatomy. The omitted verses concern eunuchs who are men who have had a certain part of their anatomy removed. When it is done to a male dog, we call it being neutered. And it so happens that the law of Moses said that such men could not be Israelites. They could not worship God. They could not be accepted by God. They could not, to use Christian language, they could not be saved. But now, in Isaiah... God is saying that he is going to welcome the eunuchs, despite what he told Moses earlier. The eunuchs and all the other people who have been outcasts, he is going to welcome. And Isaiah, being a book of poetic images, has a very unique way of talking about what God will do for the eunuchs in words that prove to me, anyway, that Isaiah was an eighth grade adolescent boy. Now I asked our resident 8th grade adolescent boy, Stephen, if he has a dirty mind. And he, said, he told me no. So, not all 8th grade boys have dirty minds. But anyway, these words had to be omitted from the Sunday lectionary because we are polite people with good taste and strict moral values. Too bad I can't say the same for the Bible. Our prayer of the day and the prayer of the day usually tries to give a theme to our scriptures. Our prayer of the day says that God welcomes all people and we should too. In the words of our full communion partner, the United Church of Christ, 
Jesus didn't turn people away, neither do we. The United Church of Christ, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome here. Or in the words of our congregation's vision statement, Dove of Peace welcomes religious refugees. Religious refugees, those whom other churches and faith communities have rejected or betrayed or otherwise harmed. So one thought to leave church with today is about being more open, more sensitive to outsiders, both in your weekday life and in our life together as the church. Another thought to take home today is the opposite. Another thought is to ask yourself whether you are an outsider at any time. Do you feel that God won't listen to you or care about you, that you're too little for his busy day, or that you've sinned so greatly that you'll never be on his good side again? The disciples said today that Jesus should make this woman shut up and go away. She was literally screaming for help. Well, you have a ticket to scream for his help, too. It's called your baptism. And in your baptism, God promised to hear you. God promised to love you, to protect you, no matter what. So you push past all those disciples who look down on you and get right up in Jesus' face. And if he says, who sent you? Tell him, you did, Jesus. So as you go out from here today and into a new week, remember that God has a place for outsiders, a special place in his heart and a permanent place in his kingdom. And if you are an insider, you need to know that. And if you are an outsider, you also need to know that. Amen.